At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Shoot the Dough podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. This is Admiral Akbar here to tell you that it's time to do the show. Bye, I mean Shoot the Dough with Aaron and Danae. They're streaming on Mixler every Tuesday at noon central or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Your ears can't repel humor of this magnitude, so it's time for the show to begin. Let's listen in. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, here's Aaron and Danae! Hello, 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 Danae. Hello, 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 Aaron. Just three hellos? I gave three, you're supposed to, like, up the ante. Oh, I thought I was supposed to match you. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta, you know, like, mix it up. That's how you operate. Hello, 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 Danae. Maybe I should start. Hello, Aaron. Hello, hello, Danae. Hello, 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 Aaron. See, it's so much better. It's yeah, so much well, more fun. When you get to number four, I feel like that's very annoying. <laughs> Just a little bit. You know what's annoying? I have to tell you this story. Maybe I'll do this for story time. This sound. That is, yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber. Oh, is that from a movie? Yeah. Do you remember, like, in Dumb and Dumber, he was like, you want to hear the most annoying sound in the wor- world? And he was like, <laughs> you don't remember this? <laughs> no. Oh. Well, maybe maybe that <laughs> movie was based on your life story. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. There is a, a bathroom scene that I think has happened to me once before. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I have uh, a bathroom scene to tell you about in this story that, that was really? annoying. Well, not really. Do it was tell. A, it was a sink. My wife and I went uh, away on a anniversary little trip, little weekend trip. You just had your 22-year anniversary. 22nd anniversary. You're yeah. old. We got married when I was two. You're old, man. Uh, so, so, yeah. So, we just went on our anniversary, and the sink in this like resort unit we were staying in was clogged. Like, she you know filled it, and it wouldn't drain and so we're feeling right and it felt like the drain was down but it wouldn't come up so we're just like oh man and both of us we just don't know what to do so we called them we're like i'm sorry the drain's broken can you send someone up there like five hours later nobody had come up so we called again and and they're like are you sure it's broken just push on it 
And so we pushed on it and it released. It was one of those where you just push to release, push down. Right. <laughs> and we've been fretting over it for like five hours. It's just one of those moments. <laughs> I think we all have them where it's like, duh, oh. like I'm such an idiot. Like something's not plugged in and you can't figure out why it's not working or you're trying to find your phone, but you're on the phone with somebody like those kind of moments, you know? I think it's always worse when you're in somebody's house and you're using their shower for the first time and you can't figure out how to get the water to go from like tub mode to shower mode. Yeah, because you're not exactly in a situation where you want to talk to somebody. You can't call for help. You know, what are you going to do? Put a towel on and go out in the hallway? No. What are you get fully clothed again? No. You just fumble around with it and then you're like, oh, what is my life? The worst, and I have experienced this many times, unfortunately, is clogging a toilet and not having a plunger. And you have to ask the people of the house, like, where is your plunge? Like, that's a question. Everybody knows what that question means, you know. <laughs> but it's not like you're just not going. It's not like you're going to leave it there. At least I would hope you wouldn't. I have never had to plunge. Well, yeah. Well, I'm a but giant But my husband man. has. And he, yes, your husband and you I are giants. You guys had that in common. Yeah. And plungeability and plungers is now like a essential part oh, of our home. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's like the what? first thing he looks for when he goes into a bathroom is a plunger. No joke. I traveled in college with a singing group and we would go to different churches. We'd stay in different people's. I traveled with a plunger. You did not. I really did. I legitimately traveled with a plunger to avoid those embarrassing moments. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> I feel like maybe there's like an unhealthy eating habit or something. Like there's a reason. Like- no. Just <laughs> look, dimensions. They all, you know, all of uh, them are big. I cannot believe. You know, we never avoid talking about nope. f- poop. It's chew the dough. Do we do this on purpose? Nope. No. No, Doesn't happen don't. on purpose. Just always goes there. Oh, my goodness. Well, you ready to chew this dough? Let's do it. Okay. Today, we are going to play some true or false at the end for our game. But first... <laughs> From the corners of the globe, everybody is doing things, and so people look to see what things are being done, and then call them news, and so we shall peruse the news! Take that, Mr. Toilet! That's what I say every time I have to plunge. You should just get a plunger where you push a button and it just automatically does that. I you should about patent getting, that. I thought about getting one of those industrial strength toilets. You ever like used one of those? Like at, you know, somewhere where it's like you flush and it's like, whoosh. Like it's like it sucks the air out of the room. Have you ever done this? It's pretty incredible. It's like you don't want to flush that when you're sitting down. I'm just saying. You get sucked in. Yeah. It'd be bad news. Uh, speaking of news, uh, why don't you go first? What do you got? Piece of dental braces removed from a woman's intestine after 10 years. 10 years of what in her intestine? A piece of her braces. Oh. Yeah, her orthodontic braces just get stuck. On and it its was way like through? the I guess the wire kind of came off at some point in sure, time. Sure, sure. I'm not sure. We've all swallowed part of our metallic braces before. But she was having you know abdominal cramping, and yeah. then she went in, and then they're like, "Well, this was in there." And so, um, but the reason that I brought this one to attention is because it's just incredible what our bodies can do with foreign objects, like like when oh, we yeah, eat yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like you just think. Like I get freaked out eating a watermelon seed. And then I read something like this. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, my body's got this. Yeah. Or when you travel abroad and you're like, you know, try this rat on a stick. And you're like, no, no, my body's not meant to eat that. Well, we can we can handle some pretty crazy stuff. It's pretty interesting, too, because I, I do think there is something to eating well and trying to eat as, as good as you can. But I always tell people I'm just not that worried about it because my body was designed to take whatever I put into it. And then take all the stuff it needs out of it and then get rid of the rest. Like, that's how my body was designed. And if there's a problem, and 
incredible intestinal cramping and a visit to the ER, and you're going to be okay. <laughs> then you're be fine. So did they get the the little piece out? Yeah, yeah, they did. Okay, surgery. I'm guessing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like the quote. The chances of swallowing a wire from your braces is very low. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It's good they say that because I actually would have. I would have thought that. Honestly, would have thought that happens more often. A little piece breaks off. It's in your mouth. You swallow it. Yeah. You know and what she I mean? doesn't like, remember swallowing it, you know, hmm. but people swallow weird things all the time. Let's not talk about all the bugs and stuff, though. Let's just move on. <laughs> Do you know how many bug parts they're allowed to put in each uh, can of peanut butter? You told me this one time. It's something like. Yeah, go ahead. 62. Uh, I think it's more like 15. But yeah, it's there's allowed to have a certain. Maybe it's like 15 per, you know, square centimeter or something like that. Which is. Uh, oh, yeah. I just got like the weird kind of chills in my body where I feel like I could get sick. <laughs> well, let's move on then, oh, shall we? Yeah. Uh, I will start with this one. This has to do with Tesla. Tesla adds 1,800 Model 3 reservations per day. Per day, they're adding 1,800 Model 3 reservations. This is the new Tesla that is, quote unquote, affordable, which it really kind of is. It's in the $30,000 range, but then with like incentives, it you know gets down to like 20000 So they're adding that many pre-orders every single day for this car. You and your family are so excited about the Teslas. Well, they're your awesome kid, like, cars. Isn't that one that your son wants to buy? He wants to buy a Tesla. For um, he had his mind on a uh, what are they called? Helios? Is that what they were called? I don't. The little know. cars that that are like six thousand oh. dollars, and they're like three seaters. They're almost. I think they they're like tricycles. They have like three wheels. No, maybe they did make them four. Anyways, it's one of those where it's more of a. Um, but it is energy efficient. A golf and, cart. Yeah, it's kind of like. It's exactly <laughs> <laughs> with a cool cover yeah something like that it's supposed to be better than that um uh as of three months ago tesla had a backlog of four hundred and fifty-five thousand orders for this car uh against a production capacity of five thousand a week to start this next year so f- the first people who signed up are starting to get theirs okay so they are coming out now, but they are looking at so many orders for this car. Now, are these like prepaid orders? Or are these people yeah. just saying, I'm interested? No, these people are putting a certain amount down, um, quite a bit down. I think they have to put 50% down or something like that for the car the to pe- be on the list. Because Tesla is not like a major no. automotive brand. Well, they are now. I mean, Do you think that's if, major, though? If you're getting almost half a million orders in a year, yes. That is more than the big names get. That How is more cars know? because it says so right here in this article. Oh, okay. <laughs> well then. <laughs> but that becomes a problem, right? Because you know, people who are pre-ordering now, may, you know, if they don't figure out a way to make more, they're not going to see theirs for like four or five years. Well, then so that's what do you an do issue. With car depreciation too. By right. The time exactly. That they, by the time you get your car, if it's depreciated in value. Yeah, the article talks about that uh, a little bit, and just says that Tesla is trying to do everything they can to encourage people that. As technology changes, their car, when it comes out, will change with that technology. So, I mean, Can you imagine putting 50% down on a car that you're not going to see for possibly five years or more? Yeah. That'd be it's insane. That would be difficult. For I mean, me. I get it. I want it. Like, I, I, this, is, this is the car I want. And, uh, because I it's effective. Because it doesn't run on gas, for one. You don't have to buy any gas. What does it run um, on? Electricity. Love. So Yes, love. <laughs> you just pet it. <laughs> it's very much like Tactile. herpes. You ever saw Herbie? Yeah. Runs very much like that. Oh, it's Herbie. (laughs) Uh, It's very connected. So, like, you have an app on your phone that you can start it with, you know, check all the details. Can you drive with the app? Well, it does. Like a race car? (gasps) Does it have, like, a game mode? One of my favorite things about you. Where, like, it loads in the road? Like, let's say it's like, okay, 
you're going to be on this interstate and then suddenly you don't even have to look at where you're driving. You're looking at your phone and you're <sighs> driving like a game and there's coins. Mm-hmm. Yep, all that. Um, I want this car. <laughs> uh, it is self-driving, though. It does have autopilot on it as well, where it oh, knows where, yeah. the li- where the lines are on the road and it'll keep you, That's you know, right. in the lines. So, yeah, exciting but only stuff. on certain roads? Um, I think... I think so. I mean, I think most roads, but if a road doesn't have those indicators, Man. then yeah. But it's not meant to drive. It's not fully autonomous, right? which is what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the fully autonomous vehicles, but it is just where you can put it in autopilot and not have to worry. If about you that put kind of stuff. 50% down now, by the right? time that it comes out, it may be fully <laughs> That's right. Autonomous. That's right. What's your next one? Connecticut boy wakes up to find blank in his bed. I'm oh, just you want curious. me to guess? I want you to guess. You want me to guess? I want you to guess. Um, Connecticut boy wakes up. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep reading, but I'm gonna take. I'm gonna use blank for the. So you don't want me to guess? Can, can I make a first guess? Go ahead. Uh, Connecticut boy finds ferret in his bed. It is an animal. Okay, I'm on the right track. A Connecticut boy got an unpleasant surprise when he woke to find a blank in his bed. The police say this 13 year old was awoken in his upstairs bedroom by the blank, which had climbed into bed with him. Squirrel. Starts the nest. You're getting close. Snake. Nope. <laughs> Shark. Police say the blank apparently. I love how you didn't even recognize that I said that. Got into the home when it climbed through a hole in a trash can, and a resident brought the can inside. Mm. It's not clear how this found its way into the boy's bed, but nobody was happy about the outcome, <laughs> including the animal control arrived to the. And here's your big clue. Okay. Poignant smell of skunk, which emanated through the house. Nice. Yeah, can you imagine? Wow, waking up to find a skunk in your bed, <laughs> and it's not one of your stinky boys. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if your boys really stink or not. That's just like a know. thing that you I'm say. Saying, I'm I'm trying to figure out a, a polite way to say this, but um, once you're married, you, you're waking up to strange smells every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> like <laughs> my husband would saying, agree with that. I'm just saying. My husband would agree with that. I think all all married people would agree with that. What's your next one? Uh, my next one says this. Shelter's post about a chewed up dog toy reads like an episode of CSI. Tell me more. Have you seen this? So this is about Hank. Uh, he is a chocolate lab in an animal shelter. Okay. And the Fox Valley Humane Association on Instagram had some fun because they posted him with his his purple stuffed animal okay. that they said had to come with him. In fact, they said, like, you if you adopt this purple stuffed animal, you have to take this dog kind of thing. <laughs> so they, they did that. Uh, and I think they called him the, the fuzzy hippopotamus. And they came back the next day, and the fuzzy hippopotamus was torn apart. Like, all the stuffing was out, it had been destroyed or whatever. So then they went on a series of Instagram posts about, you know, that Hank was the big suspect, but he's not speaking. <laughs> they, they posted a post of him, like, under, like, a light, you know, like, where they were questioning him. Um, like an interrogation yeah, style. They posted uh, a post of them doing surgery on the fuzzy hippopotamus and trying to save its life and <laughs> that I kind of stuff. That. So. I love social media with animal shelters yeah. because they often do some really adorable things to get their little pets into homes. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. 
So there was one with the lawyer. There was one with the like protesters. You know, they were like free Hank. Save oh Hank, my gosh, that kind of stuff. And uh, finally, they ruled that it was he was trying to defend the fuzzy hippopotamus, oh, and that that's what happened from an so, intruder. So yes, yeah, so he is he is innocent of all charges Whoa. and was adopted by a loving family. Oh, so what a wonderful happy ending story. on all sides. But yeah, if you want to check that out, it's Fox Valley Humane Association. Uh, you can check out their Instagram. It's kind of fun. My last one, uh, I've actually seen posted a couple for a couple of days now, and I haven't clicked on it, but I wanted to kind of delve into it with you. Sure. So men are charged 18% more at this cafe in Australia. I saw this. Yeah. Um, they're trying to bring attention to the gender pay gap, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so they're charging men 18% more. And I can't decide if that's if that's sexist. Well, here's the thing. It's an optional tax. They, oh, okay. So, so men are allowed to decide. And they only do it one day every week. Ah. So it's like, let's say it's on Saturdays or something. You come in and if you're a man, then there's like these posted rules. Rule number one is women have priority seating. Okay. Rule number two is men will be charged an 18% premium to reflect the gender gap, which is donated to women's services. So okay. they don't even keep it. They actually take the extra and that they, makes sense. they send it back I like to it. the I, That's great. I like it. I think it's important. I think it's valuable. Um, There's a third rule that says respect goes both ways. Yeah. I So I, I don't know. I think it's just getting attention and starting the conversation. And I think that's probably a good thing. I do too. And here's the, here's the interesting conversation that happens a lot of times. And I'm not equipped to answer this. I have my own thoughts and opinions, those kind of things. But it's interesting as we move towards or we try to move towards equality, right? Like we try to move towards a world where being a man or a woman doesn't change the amount of money you make. You know, if you do the same work as a woman than a man does, you should get the same amount of money that the man gets, right? Right. So we move towards that world. Or you think of, you know, racism or those kind of things. We try to move to a world where a black student has as much chance as a white student to get into a college or those kind of things. Because there's been a lot of discussion about um, affirmative action as well, with uh, especially with black students and Asian students recently, that Asian students feel like black students have this leg up now because universities want to have them there for those diversity rules that right. you know, are put in place. All that stuff is really interesting to me because I think we would all agree equality is the goal. But do you deal with inequality, like reverse inequality first to get there? Like, do you balance mm. it out? You, know, you understand what I'm saying? Which is kind of the idea of affirmative action. Again, I'm not like educated on the issue enough to, to speak clearly on it, I think. I have my, you know, my You're own thoughts. You're not going to lead a TED Talk on this. No, exactly. Exactly. But I think there is something to be said for understanding, from my perspective, I live a life of privilege based on some factors that I have that other people don't have. My skin color gives me privilege. My gender gives me privilege. You know, I am privileged on almost every, you know, box that you can check according to our world, right? I mean, is that fair to say? Sure. So I have to be able to look at that and go, it's okay to find a way to balance the scales and I should not be offended by that because I have been given the privileged place. So I should be okay with that balancing of the scales, even though our goal is equality, because there's a little bit of inequality there, right? If you're, if you're purposely tipping the scales one way to balance, it can be seen as inequality. But I choose well, not to see it that way. You can skew stats to see inequality right. in all kinds of ways, right. too. So let's say that we do get to a world where... I, human A and human B have no identifying factors that make them different if you're looking at them on paper. Right. Like, and you you can't see any difference in their wages. You can't see any difference in their education or in their background or, you know, you can't see any difference. And then 
oh, big reveal. One of them is male. One of them is female. And oh, cool. Yeah, they're technically equal. They can you can still find something that makes them feel like they're not being treated equally. You mm-hmm. know, but I, I love the idea of going towards that. But I think it just depends on the people that are trying to make it happen. And these people own a business and they're trying to say, right. hey, we have the ability to impact communication and conversation here in this small little bubble that we can control. And so I like that. And I also like that the article goes on to say that it's an optional tax. It's an optional uh, diff- 18%. And every male has paid it. And they don't have to. Yeah. So. Well, that's the key part of this one that I think makes it great is, you know, it's not like they're, it's it's not like it's an actual forced, you know, rule within the restaurant. It's just something that they're opting into to go along with, you know, kind of the point of what's being raised. So. So, no, I think I think that's great. I just think we live in an interesting world where we're going to have to continue to deal with what equality means and how to process that uh, as like, we grow towards for balance. For me and like our pay. Your pay, my pay. Mm-hmm. When I first jumped into the world of radio, mm-hmm. I would never expect to get paid what you get paid. You went to, ed- you got educated, you mm-hmm. went to college, you've been doing this for a long time, and I just walked in and was like, <laughs> "People say I'd be good at the radio," and then we started this thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no. So, but like, let's on another field, in another area, you have to look at that and go, "But we should be treated equally over here." And so we make decisions here in our studio equally. Right. Mm-hmm. We talk about them equally. But we look at the workload and we look at what's actually happening and go, we have unequal parts that we play. Like, right. I don't, I'm not able to be here in the studio as much as I used to because I have a baby now. So things have changed and shifted around. And sure. so it's like an evolving conversation. I think you have to just plant yourself with people that you want to do life with. And hopefully, eventually, corporations and, you know, decision making and laws and things like that will kind of help to, and it's, to and make it's, that possible in 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 the big scheme of things it's an uphill battle because culture has changed so much the culture 100 years ago or 200 years ago was the men worked in yeah. the women's state it in, just takes to, to time. Clear the house and it, it so in time. a culture where you want that opportunity to be equal for all genders uh it's first just, we got the right to vote that's and right. then isn't that crazy? Yeah, you know, my mother, when Isn't she was in college, she wasn't even allowed to wear pants. So there's just... So she didn't. She had to walk around bottomless or... Well, I don't in understand. In a skirt. Aaron. Oh, got it, got it, a skirt. No, it just always cracks me up when you say that. Because you always say, not allowed to wear pants. It just... This is a funny <laughs> image. All the girls, have to take your pants off. What kind of Christian school was that? <laughs> um, it, is, it is insane for me. I just saw the movie Detroit, too. And, of course, that deals with a, a racial tragedy. Uh, it is insane to me how recently. Yeah, just, it's very recent. Uh, it's it's just it blows my mind. And I guess when you think of that, there is some celebration to do with growth, right? But honestly, there's a, still so much work, and I think we're waking up to the work more and more of that. I agree. So, um, and I think that's good. I think that's really valuable. But you know, I'm I'm a white male, so and an optimist, <laughs> and an optimist. Uh, all right, ready for my last one? Yep. This NASA job listing seeks help protecting the Earth from aliens. NASA has actually offered a uh, job listing for somebody whose job will be planetary protector. This is a legitimate thing. I don't believe uh, you. The pay starts at one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars a year. Oh my goodness! Um, or up what are the prereqs? Like wear a cape? <laughs> <laughs> be from Krypton. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it has to do with engineering, biology, those kind of things. It's somebody who um, whose job it is, as we explore space more, you know, as we're trying to go to Mars, those kind of things, whose job it is to make those calls about, you know, 
this life form, if life forms are found, if there's any kind of biology or those kind of things, like how to handle it, you know, should we bring it to Earth, those kind of things. The look you're giving me. This is real. This is the real world we live in. NASA is hiring somebody to protect us from aliens. <laughs> this is not This is not sci-fi. This is legit. <laughs> is this the first person ever? Is this like the first job created like this? Yes. This is the first time NASA's ever uh, hired for this job. Um, I wonder who it's going to be. I, I hope I it's a know. woman. I've, se- <laughs> I've seen... What what's the uh, most recent alien contact movie where they they don't use Arrival? Yeah, yeah. They needed a girl there. That's, that's right, they did. They needed her there. She was awesome. But yeah, that's the kind of role we're talking about, right? They're also offering a planetary protection course to fourteen students in November on a first come first serve basis. Uh, it's designed for managers, engineers, designers, lab technicians, and others interested in the theory and application of planetary protection principles. Oh my goodness! How fun is that? That's really fun, except for I am not educated in the areas that they want me to be educated in to apply for that job. <laughs> Do you job. want to be a planetary protector? Sure. I just want it for the title. Like, right? Can I you mean, imagine? the work sounds kind of interesting, but I'm just like, <laughs> I am the protector of this planet. Uh, like, if I were to get that job and then they would be, oh, we found this bacteria um, on Mars, I would say, okay, let's bring it back. And then when they got there, I would have like a little house made for it with like a little... <laughs> little lounge chair see as a movie person i would immediately be like leave it (laughs) (laughs) i have seen these movies over and over again we all die let's make it welcome i would say leave it there before we head on to our true or false uh quiz we want to remind you that this month is uh, dna gives back month and every single dollar that comes into support studio dna for the month of august will go to help fight human trafficking on the ground in Phnom Penh, Cambodia through our friend Bryn, who we've actually interviewed here on the show before. Yeah, episode number 53, if you want to go back and listen to our interview with him. And, I mean, things have changed in his life since that interview. Um, I, I'm actually part of a Facebook group where he kind of does private posts. Uh, yeah, I'm in that group as well. Yeah, and his posts are really hard. You know, like he just posted a couple days ago um, some pictures of... It's rough little boys with men and they're doing an open investigation right now like they're like look like they're maybe at a like a restaurant or Mm -hmm. something and i think he's taking pictures that he can get in like we we cannot share them because they're under investigation right so what we have that we're going to be doing whatever comes in is going to be sent right to him to help him continue his work we are hoping to raise $3,000. Right now, we're close to three hundred. Almost up to three fifty. Can I give some oh, shout-outs, yeah, some yeah. thank yous? Thanks to Daniel, who upped uh, his pledge to $50 for this month. Thank you. Uh, really appreciate that. That goes a long way. Caleb upped his pledge to $10 this month. Thank you. Uh, and Nicholas upped his pledge to $50 this month Month already. So What we're asking is, if you are already giving to the Studio DNA Podcast Network on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash DNA. If you're already giving, if you don't mind, just upping your pledge for one month and the few extra dollars or whatever you want to do is going to go to help Bren in Phnom Penh fight human trafficking. Or maybe you've been listening and you don't want to do a monthly gift, but you want to help out. Just give one month on Patreon and yep. then you can cancel that and you don't have to give again. Yeah. In fact, in the live chat, somebody just asked, can you make a one-time donation? Absolutely. Uh, all you got to do is go to patreon.com slash studio DNA. Make it for the month of August, and then at the end of August, once that comes out, 
just cancel it. That's fine. We totally get that um, and we're, totally appreciate it. We're kind of hoping that um, someone's able to do a larger gift, maybe a thousand dollars, to get us kind of towards that three thousand dollar goal. Yeah. A few people giving a hundred, and then several giving ten or fifty even yeah. would be really helpful. And fifty, I think, is a great number. Just think about what you could do with you know fifty dollars over the course of a month, and uh, I think. You know, that's, uh, what, 60 people? Yeah. So 60 people doing $50, we would be there. So that's I think that's really doable if, if you want to help out. That will go towards um, actually helping him hire an assistant for an entire year mm-hmm. if we're able to reach the $3,000 goal. So, again, thank you so much for your support. Studio DNA Give Back Month of August is something we're really passionate about. We plan on doing it every August, actually. So. Every August. So this is our first time doing it. And if you've got any questions or comments or concerns, you can always email us. We'll be giving you our email at the end of the show. And if you've never supported Studio DNA before, but you've been thinking about it, that you would like to help this podcast network continue to do what we do, this is a great month to start. So go to studio, uh, I should say, patreon.com slash studio DNA. And thank you so much for making these podcasts possible. And now we're going to play a game. You want to play some true or false? Let's play some true or false, Aaron. All right. Here are the categories, Danae. Okay. I'm ready. Sherlock Holmes, Islands, Catastrophes, (laughs) Contemporary Architecture, or Great Composers. I'm going with the first one. Sherlock Holmes? Yeah, I'm really curious. You're going to deduce? You're going to deduce the true or false? I'm hoping. I should say we. It's not like, you know, you're the only one playing here. All right, Sherlock Holmes. All right, here we go. Quiz on Sherlock Holmes. It's all true or false. Uh, we'll do 10 questions. True Here or false. Go. Dr. Watson is named John G. True or false. Dr. Watson is named John G. No. So I'm guessing that would be John G. Name, Watson. His name is Watson. <laughs> That's his last name though, right? Because he's Dr. Watson. He's not Dr. John G. Watson. Is he? Is I think he? he is. Really? I, I think his first name's John for sure. Oh, okay. Maybe this is a good time for me to express to you that I have <laughs> no idea. Why did you pick the category? I don't know. Impulse, Aaron. I, I have an idea. <laughs> Let's say yes. Let's say true. All right. We'll say true. That is false. Uh, Dr. Watson's first names are John H., according to the novel. I knew it was John. That's tricky. Come on. Uh, but not John G. All right. Shame on you, tricky thing. We're 0 for 1. Man. True or false, the waterfalls into which Sherlock Holmes and his enemy Moriarty disappear are found in Switzerland. The waterfalls into which Sherlock Holmes and his enemy Moriarty disappear are found in Switzerland. True or true. false? You're going to go with true? Yeah, because the yeah. first one was false. <laughs> your, your logic is flawless today. That's <laughs> amazing. Um, I think that's right because it's close enough to england and there are falls there also some fjords i think so. it's pronounced but <laughs> uh so yeah let's go with true that is true i knew it it's the reichenbach falls reichenbach. where sherlock holmes and his enemy moriarty compete in their last fight uh are in the canton of Bern in switzerland so let me ask you this pick this category sherlock holmes did you even know his arch nemesis was named moriarty like nope. did you know? okay <laughs> No. Well, you don't even know the basics. I know he has a pipe. <laughs> there you go. Well, let's hope that's the next question. <laughs> True or false? Sherlock Holmes has a pipe. <laughs> what if it was false? 
Uh, all right, here we go. True or false? Captain Arthur Hastings attempted to take Walt uh, Watson's place as Sherlock Holmes assistant. Yeah, Arthur Hastings. Sounds like that's true. <laughs> I can see someone named Hastings trying to well Hastings is def- weasel his way in there. He's definitely a part of the Sherlock Holmes mythos. Oh, in that world. So you do know a little bit about what we're talking about. <laughs> I think I know a little. <laughs> um, I would say true as well. Let's do it. I think he did try to take Watson's place. Nope, that's false. Ah. He is Detective uh, Hercule Perot's best friend and partner in Agatha Christie's novel. That's where I'd heard his name. He's not uh, in the Sherlock Holmes. He's in the Christie stuff. He's in the Christie stuff. <laughs> Poirot. Poirot. My mom and dad loved that show. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Professor Moriarty, true or false, Sherlock's enemy, by the way, Danae, in case okay. you didn't know that. Right. I knew that. Is a professor of literature, philosophy, and Greek history. Greek history? That seems strange. Professor Moriarty. Why would Sherlock's they say enemy, Greek history? How would that have anything philosophy? to do with the story? No. See, that seems to make it, it would make it more correct, wouldn't it? I don't know. I don't think Professor Moriarty is actually a professor. Oh, okay. Do you think he's I think a, it's false. Yeah, false. I think totally. the professor title is just... Just a... It's a, yeah. it's a red herring. Yeah, we'll go with false. That is false. He's a brilliant mathematician. There you go. That makes more sense. Uh, at the age of 21, he published a study on the binomial theorem, which caused a sensation, enabling him to become a professor of mathematics at the university. So he is a professor, but it's oh. math. True or false? In the novels, Sherlock Holmes is an excellent harpsichord player. Ooh, I love the harpsichord. Now, I think I know this one. Oh, cool. Do you want do you want to you want to take a guess before I, I talk about it? What do you think? Excellent harpsichord player. I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's false. Um, unless I'm mistaken and they changed it. I think he's a virtuoso violinist. I think he is always like killing it on the violin. So I think they just changed, swapped violin out for harpsichord. I agree with you. All right, we're going with false. That is false. Listen, Sherlock Holmes does not play the harpsichord, but he is a violin virtuoso. Oh, Aaron. I knew a little bit of stuff in my brain. You knew it. My brain knew stuff. Uh, question number six out of ten. King Edward VII raised Arthur Conan Doyle to the rank of Knight of the Most Venerable Order of the Hospital of St. John of Jerusalem. What? <laughs> that is, is this? quite a title. What? Uh, Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote the Sherlock Holmes books. Right. Saying King Edward VII raised him to the rank of Knight. Uh, that is, I know he was a knight, yeah. Sir Arthur Conan. Sir, yeah. yeah absolutely. I know that he has a sir. But there. was he to the rank of knight of the most venerable order of the hospital of St. John of Jerusalem? That seems ridiculous if that's made up. This has to be true, true, right? It has to has be. has to be true. It, like, yeah, that's true. Okay. 1902, King Edward VII raised Arthur Conan Doyle to that rank in the most venerable order of the hospital of St. John of Jerusalem which is a Protestant order of knighthood of the British crown founded in 1888. England is so interesting, isn't it? Like the royal titles and... It's very confusing. I was thinking just the other day, let me try to convince you on this. Okay. I think we need a king. Now, I... I of our do- studio? No, no, no. <laughs> yes. I'd like to throw my name in the hat. <laughs> like, there's only one dude. Please call me King Aaron. <laughs> I guess there's Andrew. He could be your squire. Yeah. Um... No, uh, I think we need royalty in America. I think part of the reason that we are seeing such trouble with Trump and this whole idea is people are, aren't electing, they are electing not just a legislator, 
they're electing a figurehead. And it's both combined. But if we had that figurehead who didn't really have any legislative power, but was just, you know, somebody we all wanted to, you know. Like Kermit the Frog. Like Kermit the Frog, for instance, King Kermit. Put him in charge. And then you, you know, elect like Britain does a prime minister who's actually somebody who does the work. I think there's a real interesting thing in separating those two things. Now, historically, a king did both. Like he would rule as well as be the figurehead. But that's just not the case anymore. So we need, I just think we need a like a different head of state you know, kind of separate those things a little bit. Because I've just spent two weeks binge watching Game of Thrones. I'm going to say no. <laughs> so I'm going to say no. I'm going to go no on the king thing. <laughs> Question number seven. True or false? Sherlock Holmes meets Dr. Watson for the first time after injuring himself with his sword hidden in a cane. True or false? Oh, that sounds so horrible. Well, I know. I mean, the sword in the cane thing. You know, that's a, a pretty typical oh, yeah, spy everyone, kind of thing. Sure, everyone everybody knows puts that. a little sword in their cane. So who is Watson, though? He became like his most trusted assistant. I mean, before that. He's a, just a doctor. So he's a doctor. Yeah. So yeah. it would make sense that if he was injured, yeah. he would be a doctor. I just wonder if he injured himself a different way. Does he it injure himself seem, often? No. It doesn't oh. seem like Sherlock Holmes to be like accident prone. Okay. So... So you think I, would, it's false? I would lean towards false on this one. Let's do it. False. All right. We're going false. It is false. First encounter between Sherlock and Dr. Watson takes place at Holmes' apartment while Watson is looking for a place to stay. That makes sense. See? See? Sherlock Holmes wouldn't hurt himself. No. He's too clever. Even if he had a sword in his cane. Does he really have that, though? I'm sure. Everybody. Is that a every, thing? That's a thing, right? For Sherlock? All spies. Everybody has that. Oh, okay. Yeah. True or false, Arthur Conan Doyle, the creator of Sherlock Holmes, obtained the release of two unjustly sentences, sentenced prisoners. The so author? The author actually got two prisoners out of jail. Let's say yes. I, I think that's a good thing. Let's do it. Because his brain is the one thinking up all these mysteries anyway. It, you know, he is Sherlock Holmes or, by all you know accounts. Or he's interviewing real criminals to discover their stories right? for inspiration. That makes sense. We're going true. Going with true. It is true. We're on a roll. Uh, fiction writer Arthur Conan Doyle investigated genuine crimes, and his findings resulted in the release of two unjustly convicted prisoners. Whoa. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Question number nine, true or false? The author, Arthur Conan Doyle, invented Baker Street, which did not exist in London at the time. Now, this is interesting because there is a Baker Street now. People go to the address of Sherlock Holmes. So, did it come into existence after the books? When were the books written? Well, in like the late 1800s. Then, yeah, it was later. It was later, you think? I think he made it up. I think it was already there. Ooh, we got, what are we going to do, a coin toss? <laughs> well, I'll go with you on this one. I'll go with you on this one. We'll go with false. Um, wait, true. You think he invented Baker Street? Yes, I think he invented it. All right, it. we're going to go with true. No, it's false. Oh, no. That's what I thought. Baker Street is an authentic street in London, but it was number 221 that did not exist at the time of Conan Doyle. The street was therefore real, but the address was fictitious. I knew it. (laughs) No, you didn't. (laughs) You were wrong. (laughs) Final question. True or false? Dr. Watson is absent from the first novel featuring Sherlock Holmes. That's got to be true. Yeah, that's true. I don't think Dr. Watson was there from the beginning. We don't know why we think that, but... Do you want to know what the name of the first Sherlock Holmes story was? Sure. 
a study in scarlet. I don't know why I know that. It's just one of those pieces a of information. study in scarlet. A study in scarlet. I just remember that. Dr. Watson is absent from the first novel. We're going with true. We both, We're going with true. We both think that's true. No, that's false. Man! Dr. Watson is present in A Study in Scarlet, uh, the first novel featuring Sherlock Holmes. Why couldn't the question have been about the title <laughs> of the first book? True or false? The title of the first book was A Study in Chartreuse. False! <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, moreover, the novel begins with a brief autobiographical presentation of Dr. Watson, since he is the narrator. I should have remembered that. He uh, narrates. He's the writer. That's right. He's the one that actually writes the story. You're supposed to know these things, Aaron. <laughs> it's my fault. Why did I pick this one? I don't know why I picked this one. I'm impulsive. That's why. Well, here's the real question. Here's the real question. Are you glad you picked it, even though you didn't know a lot about it? Do you feel like you learned something about Sherlock Holmes? Yes. Do you feel like it was educational and yes. fun? Oh, yes. That's all we're after. Just a little educational fun. Uh, we got six out of ten. We are college graduates, as, as always. always. <laughs> it's always where we end up. So, <laughs> But we did it. We, um, we deduced all the right answers. So, Well, at least six Almost. of them. <laughs> Almost all of the right answers. You know, for for not really knowing a lot about Sherlock Holmes, to get six out of ten right, like, we, that's... we used our noodles. Yes, our noodles. So hungry. I am hungry, too. I, I want to eat some noodles. <laughs> Thanks so much for shooing the dough with us today. The podcast is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at mixler.com slash studio DNA. That's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash studio DNA. Big thanks to Chris Tilly, who composed the Shoe the Dough theme. And of course, much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at a buck a month, comes with some pretty fun perks in every single dollar this month, as mentioned. Uh, going right back to help our friend Bryn in Cambodia fight human trafficking. So we'd appreciate that. Even if you just want to give for one month, go to patreon.com slash studio DNA. Also, please subscribe, rate, comment at your podcast player of preference, uh, especially if it's iTunes. They use that information to promote shows. It'd be awesome. Huge boost for us if you could leave a comment or a rating. Anything else that you want to say, if you have ideas for the show, you can email us at feedback at shoothedough.com. And make sure you tell your friends if you enjoy the show. They might want to listen, too. And if they don't know how to do podcasts, well, give them a quick lesson. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.